0: what's going on everybody it's your boy jordan
1: and this is desmond
0: and welcome to episode 47 of two black nerds that's right it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom pop culture and entertainment as always you can find two black nerds wherever you get your podcasts Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a safe, friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention, you can head over to 2 right now to order some merchandise. We got t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, stickers, mugs, everything you need, so go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we have a few things to review. We're going to be talking about Monster, which we just held a 2 Black nurse movie night for, the latest film to star Kelly. Harrison Jr. We're also going to be talking about Wrath of Man, the latest film from Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie. Also going to cover Jupiter's Legacy, Netflix's latest superhero show, as well as a bunch of new trailers that just dropped, such as Venom, A Quiet Place Part 2, and Fatherhood on Netflix. But before we get to any and all of that today, we're going to kick off this week's show by talking about the latest edition of Versus this past week. We finally got a long-anticipated battle, mm-hmm. a ladies' night, if you will. We had SWV versus Escape. Now, yes. this took place this past Saturday, May eighth, and again, it was a very highly anticipated versus battle. They had announced a, na- a ladies' night, you know, a few months ago, and I think people were starting to speculate, like, could this could this finally be the one that we've been asking for? Could this <laughs> finally be the SWV versus Escape versus, and then uh, yeah, one of the uh, one of the members of Escape. Let the cat out of the bag a little bit early, I, w- I would say. They uh, they came out to TMZ and said, like, yes, actually, we are doing this. This is going to happen mm-hmm. in May. We are the ladies' night versus that they've been talking about. And so thereafter, they shortly announced uh, this battle that was taking place. So, um, again, it was it was definitely something that people were looking forward to for quite a while. These are two of the most popular women r&b groups of the 90s for sure they touched a lot of different artists a lot of different great music that we still listen to to this day um so man i know you're a big big fan i didn't get to see all of the verses but i know you checked it out and i know you're a big fan of both of these groups so i want to just go ahead and kick it over you man What what did you think about this this latest edition of versus
1: yeah man it was a fun night you know to say the least of course one of the the funnest parts of verses when you see Twitter going and Instagram going and just the energy, um, just a really good time. Of course, in that in that first uh, hour, we always expect uh, the verses to open up with a DJ, and this time it was DJ A One and DJ Spinderella, um, and the beginning was really weird. I ain't gonna lie to you, because <laughs> um, <laughs> both DJ A One and Spinderella were to start off were on a vibe that was not the verses. Like, DJ A1 came out the bag and I mean, this nigga's playing Lil Jon. I mean, it was like Get Crunk, Nuck If You Buck uh, I even heard some Snap
0: music in there.
1: Bro, he was playing some Snap. Lean With A rock it was in there and then he throws it to Spinderella and I was like, okay, I know she's gonna fix it. At first she starts playing Wipe Me Down and like, I was like what is going on here? Um, and then eventually, you know she ends up she she does kind of she she leans a little bit into some some nineties uh, hip hop after that right some LL Cool J I feel like she played a little bit of Foxy um, um, some Kim and you know, you know she she changes it a little bit and then DJ A one brings it back and he starts going crazy again first of all this man's <laughs> ad libs are ridiculous I so I'm every woman Whitney Houston version I've never heard anyone like DJ yell. At the beginning of that song, ever like (laughs) DJ yell period during that song, really (laughs) like that's who does that? He he sounded like DMX, the DJ on "I'm Every Woman." It was so crazy to me. Um, That was hilarious, though. I I yeah, I don't think anybody was ready. But then again, he switches. I forgot what he switched to. It was also something ridiculous that made no Mm -hmm. sense. He switched to Cupid by one twelve. He went from "I'm every woman" to Cupid by 112. I don't know what was happening in this DJ set. Spinderella got it together. DJ A1 never got it together. Um, so they must have I don't booked him for the going. wrong verses or something. Like maybe <laughs> he, he was know where supposed he was. to be <laughs> booked
0: for another one. Yeah, he c- he couldn't have not playing that music. That's not yeah. that's not setting the tone for SWV or Escape.
1: He did know his audience. I will say. His energy was great. He was dancing to every song. He's really me as a DJ without the music selection. Like as hype as he I'm was, mad. like he was he was lit. I love again. I loved his energy. He knew the words to songs. That it, yeah, his energy was at least good. But the again, the music selection before the actual verses could have been better. Um, but it was it was entertaining because it was like everyone was like, "What is going on?" Um, <laughs> I'm just glad to see everybody was on the same page. So that's what that's what was up. Um, first up. DJ n one brings out uh Escape. Um, of course, they all come out dressed uh like it's crazy. Um and then of course Spinderella introduces SWV Um and they follow suit, man. Again, it's a really good night. Uh Escape. Escape came to perform, let me tell you. I mean, they came with the vocals. Uh SWV Coco, who we all know is like one of the greatest vocalists ever. She wasn't having it at first. Like, SWV well, escape went to go sit on like the steps and talk to SWV on the, the SWV's on the other side on the steps, and SWV's like, uh, "Hey, Coco, come on, let's go sit on the steps." And Coco was not having it. She was having a bad day. We don't know what was going on at the beginning, um, but she was not with it. She didn't sit on the steps. She wasn't singing live that much. We don't know what was going on with Coco. Um, but again, these are you know, two heavy hitters. So at the beginning their songs are really quiet. They both open with gospel tracks, gospel ish tracks. Um, which is, you know, it's 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 cool. I like how they both uh had their own take on the Clark Sisters, which I never realized until the in in this verses they all had a couple of Clark Sisters uh songs to cover. Mm-hmm. Um so that happens. Uh again, some of the early tracks aren't like the super heavy hitters um that we're used to uh like that, I believe feel so good, Escape comes out, Can We, SWV comes out, um, stuff like that. So we hit intermission. Here we are again, whatever the dj got going on. <laughs> <laughs> but back they come on their bullshit. Back, back on their bullshit. They come back, SWV makes a makes a wardrobe change. Mm. Um, and they get way more comfortable. I mean, they got like jean shorts, they all got like one zone it's 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 crazy. I'm like, okay. They get more comfortable. And they SWV, that's that's when Coco wakes up a little bit cuz again, Escape, they had just sang, they was on some acapellas. Mm. I mean, the the vocals was out. It was they did a great job. Um Escape did for sure. SWV was like, yeah, we can't let them do that. So SWV comes out uh and and they kill it, man. I know, you know, before the verses happens, a lot of people weren't sure um well a lot of people a lot of people of course there's the obvious side right there's some escape fans that ain't gonna lie i don't understand like i love escape but swv literally the first album has like seven singles right it's it's absolutely ridiculous um and i you know i'm a huge swv fan always have been and i was like yeah they're, they're gonna come in here and it's not gonna be close it was closer in practice than it was in theory um one, but also before a lot of people were saying if Candy Burris from SWV, if she opens up and brings out her pen a little bit, we'll be a little bit closer of a of a um of a versus. And she does with two two big songs. Right. She does it with no scrubs. Mm-hmm. And she also brings out Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child. And a lot of people don't realize that Ed Sheeran's Shape of You, which is like the big one of the biggest songs ever. Right. Is literally a rendition of no scrubs. And she still gets royalties, technically from Shape of You too, which is come on man, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um So yeah, that happens and it again, she's like, You know what? That's 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 crazy. Uh so it, it does make things closer. Also the ordering make things a little closer. Uh um, yeah. Because that plays
0: a big part into just like how yeah, yeah the, 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 the sequencing of songs and how you pick them and what you decide to put them up against mm-hmm. that can definitely influence the the final, I guess, the scorecard that people are personally keeping track of.
1: Yeah, because the first half actually started to get a little sleepy. Everyone was like, "Oof, we like these songs," but all right now, this right. we don't we don't know where this is going. And again, that second half they really did pick it up. I mean, everything comes out that second half between "My Little Secret," "Soft to Place on Earth," "Use Your Heart." Everybody finds out. If they didn't know before that Coco from SWV is the voice on um, Men in Black from you know the Will Smith soundtrack, everybody was like, "What? That's her!" You know, it was like, "Yes, guys, that is Coco." A lot I of revelations during this
0: during this verses for people. It was. It was a lot of, a lot, of a lot of I was today years old when I found this out, uh, <laughs> which I I gotta admit, I gotta admit, you were probably about to get to this. I did not know. I, I hella did not know mm-hmm. that that's Pharrell's voice at the top of right here uh oh absolutely the, the, the michael jackson um yep. sample i I never knew that mm-hmm, i was like oh mm-hmm. that's
1: that's news yeah man it's part of that virginia connection um it was him him timbo and uh and and teddy of course you know it was, pharrell was under some greatness you know that's how that's how pharrell even gets to um gets to produce use your heart by swb you know um, so it's which is like one of his early tracks. I mean, that came out like '93. People do not know who Pharrell's name was in '93. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's it's great, man. And yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Again, uh, Escape came out performing, which made up a lot of the, you know, a lot of the them being down for hit for hit. Um, but whoever whoever decided that Escape should close the show should be fired. Because it was anti combat it doesn't make any sense. Like, so escape does. Who can I run to? As WB comes out, and we're like, damn, we gotta close the show. Mm. And they and then they, they sing weak
0: as their last song.
1: As the as the last song, it's like as they should, right? I mean, weak, right? Is like, yeah, yeah. But then escape the whole time was like, but it ain't over yet. And then they sing "Understanding," which is a Aww. it's a great song, but it's like the ordering wasn't right. Like yeah. you can't go from weak to understanding by escape. It's like, uh, yeah. Whoever did that, they gotta go. I don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, man. All in all, it was a very uh beautiful verses. Two very beautiful groups. It was great seeing it. Um, them together. Of course, we're we're young out here, bro. We've never I've never got to see them in concert. Uh, anything like that? I know some people who have uh, SWV toured in like maybe like 2014. Actually, not too long ago. Mm. Um, so some people got to see them then. But these groups, man, if if you don't catch them now, you might not ever catch them. But they said there might be some stuff coming, maybe some music and some, you know, people get revitalized after these verses. Um, and so they said there might be some things coming, maybe maybe a tour. If there's an escape SWV tour, sign me up. I'll be there. Yeah, but, I
0: mean, there's there's definitely. I, I think people would definitely pay like there's an audience that would pay to go see these two like on a joint mm-hmm. tour that that could sell a decent amount of tickets um to go back to the beginning to to what you mentioned like i think you know escape showing up with like full fully planned choreography was a good move mm-hmm. on their part because they i think that they are they already understood like yeah we're fighting from behind we're, we're the underdog in this matchup so mm-hmm. let's go ahead and bring up the energy and be like performers and like really do this and really show out so even if the song that swv plays technically it's supposed to win if we come out with full energy you yeah. could sway people's you know their, their their sort of decision making in that process obviously they're not keeping track really you know from an official standpoint of who wins and who loses you know the mm-hmm. internet and social media decides that but i think i think they're obviously aware of the competitive quote-unquote nature of it even though that's been it's been a little bit different, I think, in these later editions of Versus compared to some of the earlier editions. Uh, yeah. Come come to find out with Coco, I didn't realize, because I heard about the what was going on with her, and mm-hmm. come to find out, she revealed that before the battle, she actually saw a woman get shot like right outside of her hotel room. Ooh, um, wow. Or not her room, but outside of the hotel that she was staying at. She saw a woman get shot four times, and this was right before she showed up to the venue. Um, I think they were in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, as soon as she got there, she she had a panic attack. And, you know, it was her son who was able to, like, help calm her down and get her in a better mm-hmm. place to be ready for. But that first half, as you mentioned, I think a lot of people looked at that like, yeah, what's this energy? Why is she – it's some mm-hmm. real Keisha Cole vibes here from that Yeah, But in actuality, she had witnessed – you know, apparently something really traumatic before she even got to the venue. So that affected her. And I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, during that intermission when they changed, they probably were able mm-hmm. to get her to feel better and get more experience and change. I mean, also probably changing your outfit that that could also do a lot more than you mm-hmm. probably realize in that moment. So it's, true. Um, it's actually kind of crazy that she walked in there, you know, with with all of that on her mind and still performed no. at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I had no I'm sure a lot of people still don't know, you know, yeah. that that. That that happened, uh, I wish more people knew that that's what was happening, you know, because, wow, I, yeah. I don't have much to say about that. That's some
0: fucked up shit. Yeah, it's really, really crazy to, again, still go perform after seeing something like that. I heard some special guests popped up, too, like some people co- like popped in, like some cameo, oh, like Jermaine Dupri showed up. Jermaine, because
1: Jermaine put Escape on. He had to pop right. up. And then uh, they got a song with the Brat, and DeBrat Brat had to pop up, too, for Escape, too. Um, so yeah that was a too huge First of all Jermaine already had a Versus I didn't watch it but it's weird that he already had a Versus Wait, Exactly did he Yeah what? I think Jermaine it was like Jermaine
0: Oh messages. you're right he did, I, I complete, that was that was in the very early like when it was Bro. still IG live we broadcasted mm-hmm. straight from our <laughs> our house like it was really early I forgot I completely forgot that he had he had done that
1: he- So weird
0: he needs to run that back. We need an official. Get a venue, yeah, like whoever he. Yeah, they need to do a rematch. I know they have a rematch scheduled at some point. I remember seeing that on their uh, their marketing a couple mm-hmm. of months ago when they were you know sort of doing like the rollout for season two. I don't know who it's gonna be. I don't think they've announced it, but he he should probably do that again now that yeah. they got the technical setup and stuff.
1: I think it was Dallas Austin who he battled at first, which is cool because Dallas Austin also has hits, but yeah. I remember he himself said he wanted to go against Diddy, and I was like, "Let's do that." Um, that would be nice. I, I yeah. like that actually. I like that a mm-hmm. lot.
0: Yeah, they should I, do that.
1: They didn't even run that back.
0: How do you feel about? Because this, this, I think that this definitely this verse has presented a different dynamic than what we usually see because of the fact that you definitely have two groups that were popular for. Relatively short amount of time, but they were really mm-hmm. hot when they were when when they were popular. But also, yeah. you know what you were talking about earlier—the writing and the the, the song mm-hmm. credits and things like that—that that popped up later in their careers. They were still active even after their, I guess, quote unquote, peak. I mean, yeah. how do you feel about them implementing, especially Escape? Because I know it happened a couple times with them, like implementing. Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to put like s- the stuff that we wrote like within this 20 that we're choosing from like that's absolutely going to be a part of this conversation as opposed to typically sticking with the songs that you only perform.
1: Mm, I think it depends on the groups. Uh and it depends on the 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 hits that those people made, right? I think it's perfectly reasonable for Candy to say, "Look, I does this. You ever heard No Scrubs, my nigga?" Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Or it's perfectly for her to go, well, we're talking about women groups. Of course I wrote for TLC, but what about The Great Destiny Child? I wrote for them Mm -hmm. too. And Bills, Bills, Bills is also a big song that I should get to talk about. And again, it just depends. Some people have written, right? There's other songs, Candy's written that people never heard of. And as long as they don't bring up stuff like that, we're like, we're good. You can do that. I like him, it was only two tracks, right? Do, mm. do that. Um Recently, somebody argued uh, Boyz II Men versus um, New Edition, mm-hmm. and it it at first it, it seems close, right? But then you start introducing solo careers. I mean, Ralph is ridiculous, Bobby's ridiculous, Johnny Gill's ridiculous, and and you yeah, yeah, and then you gotta it, you get out of hand it, real fast. It gets out <laughs> of hand real fast. Like you gotta yeah. find a way. To contain it um but i i say in your mind if you're planning this out and you have rules play one song from each mm-hmm. get a every little step of my, my something you know what i mean like play one song from each or something and, and leave it at that and i think that that is how they should do it if if they you know decide to keep using their writing credits just make sure no matter what you do maybe just use just be reasonable, right? Just don't be out of control. We they're all adults, man. But some some people want to gloat and I get that. But maybe if so, you just ha- just have your own verses.
0: <laughs> you know? Very true. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't think about it that way like from the standpoint that with you know, SWV and Escape in particular, the stuff that they brought in were also from other female mm-hmm. R&B groups. So like it it all yeah, fits it fit. within this th- Yeah, yeah, it makes mm-hmm. sense. And uh, the fact that they only kept it to like a couple of tracks, it wasn't like overwhelmingly like, yeah, I'm just going to only pull out the stuff that I write, like none of the stuff right. that we perform. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there 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 has to be some sort of like, you got to draw the line somewhere. But I, I think in the case here, it seemed like it all worked out and it was like, it didn't disrupt the natural flow of how things went throughout the night. Exactly. Yeah. So that's cool, man. That's cool. I'm glad it went really well. I heard a lot of positive things. I mean, besides some of that initial stuff, but uh, you know what Coco went through I mean very understandable that she was wow. not all the way there because that that is really crazy so uh, mm-hmm. hopefully people can find out that information and you know be forgiving of that process but overall it sounds like it was a big success uh, I know the next one is coming up sometime Memorial Day weekend I don't think they've announced the artist yet but they they obviously have a lot more planned with versus so whatever it is I'm sure it'll be a, a good matchup and we'll definitely be back here to talk about it so if you watch mm-hmm. this versus fans of swv and escape hit us up let's know what you think let's go ahead man and talk about these reviews some things that we watched this past week we're going to first start off by talking about the film that we just watched this past week as a part of two black nerds movie night monster what do you see when you look at me ready for your test right i study boy can tell a story. You have the opportunity here to move people. Artist. We came forward.
1: Running backwards. Oh. Hey, yo, pull up. Outsider. Get my good side. Hold up. You got me? I got you, yo. Somehow. Born, I thought of all the scenes of your life. Although jaded,
0: Dating a beautiful girl. Was it worth it all? Someone just like your mother? Could it be more?
1: I even imagined being mad at you for things any kid does.
0: But I never saw anything like this. And-
1: Tell you. All they see is another black man with a rap sheet. Dog looks the part to me. No one has any idea who I am.
0: You can still do great things. He's a monster. Should
1: one moment define my life
0: This film is directed by Anthony Mandler and it's written by Rada Blank, Cole Wiley, and Janice Schaefer. And it's starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., Jennifer Ayle, Tim Blake Nelson, ASAP Rocky, John David Washington, Jennifer Hudson, and Jeffrey Wright. So thank you to everybody that was able to come out and watch this film with us this past week uh, on Friday for Two Black Nerds Movie Night. It was a it was a pretty good experience. Um, mm-hmm. this this movie actually, you know, it just premiered on Netflix this past week. However, this movie's years old, y'all. It's been mm-hmm. it's been released to the world. It was initially released um, as a part of the Sundance Film Festival all the way back in January of 20, 20, 000, 2018. Um, what were you doing in January twenty eighteen? That that, mm. that seems like so long ago. Um, but you know, after years of, I guess you know, going around with different partners, getting picked up by different companies, it finally landed at Netflix for a wide release. And so, um, again, we watched this movie. I saw the trailer like I think a month ago that they released it. Only watched it once and I didn't really I didn't really retain all that much. I just kind of saw Kelvin and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll watch it." And as I was watching this movie, I saw all these people pop up, and I'm like, "Wait, stacked. he's in it? Wait, what? Huh? Like, how, why is he?" It, <laughs> it was just, just like cr- a crazy experience. Like, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I don't think I completely processed what what I saw in the trailer. But uh, yeah, overall, man, I you know, I want to start off with you and and see what you what you thought about Monster and how did you uh how did you feel about this whole film as an experience?
1: Yeah, first of all, it's really cool that the movie was stacked. I thought it was it was just cool to see people. I don't know, I feel like I haven't seen stack movie in a bit so it was entertaining to be like oh was that nas <laughs> or oh oh shoot rocky's in this you know i just uh, i i love kept having that reaction um monster 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 man it is okay it is an okay movie uh of course that the cast is talented right we just talked about how stacked it was i haven't seen it for hudson in a long time too um which is really nice to see her i w- i don't know where she's been, but i need her to kill it in aretha because where have you been lady what, the last time I on. saw
0: her was in uh, was in Cats. Oh, Jesus. no. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I, I've tried to forget as much of that as I can. <laughs> so I also could not remember, when was the last time I seen J-Hood? And I'm like, oh, fuck, it was that movie. Never mind. Oh, let's just no. ignore that. <laughs> That's no bueno. Uh,
1: but, yeah, she was great. I mean, t- tearing up on cue. She's really good, man. <laughs> yeah. she, she, she was killing it. Uh, Monster is a... It has a relevant story to tell, right? I mean, but it's also part of the problem for me that it's a relevant story to tell. It's like, I think what hurts this movie so bad for me is simply how old it is, right? It came out in a time where, again, Black Lives Matter, we've been fighting for a very long time, 2014, uh, since things were hot. This movie, people started seeing it in 2018, right? sundance all these things were happening and i'm sure it was decent then too but we come we come to 20 2021 and it just seems like a movie we've seen a thousand times i don't and it, it like the script is okay um but monster is far too what's the word heavy-handed Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that it tells the story. Because we've been talking about this a lot lately. Stories do really good when they can tell you things in subtlety. We talked about that a lot with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Monster, Be I think because it's a movie adaption and not a book that you get hit with a lot of, okay, this is going to happen now and this is what it looks like. He is going to go to the park and talk to ASAP Rocky and mm-hmm. they're both black and you know, it just starts to get into like, okay, I feel like you're like holding my hand in the worst ways. Like, I don't right. need you to always always expect your 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 audience to be smart. And I think that adaption from from book to movie loses a lot of that translation of subtlety. I think in the book you probably read it and of course you need a little bit, little bit more description, but I feel like you don't get all these Beats that are just so loud that you the the rest of the film you know is is uh yeah that the rest of the film doesn't is doesn't know what's going on and so um and for that reason I say Monster is okay it could have been better uh, I think I think people need to trust their audience more uh, the director needs to trust his audience more when you, when when you make films like this specifically not only book adaptions, but but stories that deal with um any kind of you know the system uh the prison industrial complex and black violence and black crime and all uh all of these things and um yeah that's it man unfortunately it just if if it was 2017 when they shot it <laughs> i i'm sure we'd feel better but it's just really late and it's just okay for me again i love the performances it's probably one of my best parts is just seeing these actors on screen just the movie Is just okay, And uh, that is what that's pretty much all I have to say for the movie, to be honest. Um, There wasn't too much going on that I feel like I can talk about either. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Uh, But again, it's I I feel like the book is probably really good. I do. I, I really do. And I just don't feel like it translates that well, man. So those are my thoughts on Monster.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that the book is actually a pretty, pretty, pretty decent read as well. But yeah, this is this was an interesting experience to watch. So, you know, as I stated, it was directed by Anthony Mandler, who is a very, very reputable and famous music video director. I mean, he's yep. done music videos for great great artists. Jay-Z, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Uh he's done so many music videos, mostly in the I would say the mid two thousands, late two thousand 2000s and going into the 2010s was really his peak when he was uh when he was like churning out many many music videos throughout the year Rihanna was like his most frequent collaborator I think they did like like 12 or 14 different videos together something insane so you know coming into this as this you know sort of being his first feature length film I was Mm -hmm. a little skeptical because I'm like that transition doesn't always compute that well on screen uh we've seen Hype Williams do Belly, and, you know, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. y'all, to disappoint. Spoiler, Belly is not a good movie. As much as no, we like to revere good. it and think about People it, swear. you know, with mm-hmm. rose-colored glasses, it's not a good movie. But, you know, I was a little skeptical. I was I was somewhat surprised at how well it turned out to be, all mm-hmm. things considered, because, you know, yeah. I, I agree. It's just an okay film. For me, it started off really slow, and I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, I, this, this doesn't feel like it's going to go really anywhere all that interesting and it 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 ultimately as as time went on as the story progressed it picked up more more steam a lot of the performances started to really come alive once once we started to see more people come a part of it um asap rocky tim blake nelson like they started to like inject Mm -hmm. some really good energy into it um even like you mentioned jennifer hudson and jeffrey wright is like you know kelvin's his character's parents um Really enjoyed them in it as well. Like they always have a sort of a screen presence. Although mm-hmm. the age difference, little, little, little Whoa. intriguing there. I'm hey, like, that was really weird, bro. He's he's supposed to be what seventeen because he's like mm-hmm. preparing to go to college. Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson in real life is thirty nine, and then Jeffrey Wright is fifty five. <laughs> now, I don't know how Je- I don't know how Jennifer followed in the middle of the spectrum between. Her oldest son's age and in her husband's age but it was it was a little interesting i don't it I'm was like I don't know a lot I, of weird yeah I'm like I don't know how this works out in real life but anyway um yeah you know it was it 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 was just a film that unpacks some interesting well it it unpacks some familiar ideas but it does so in some interesting ways so mm-hmm. the whole format of the film is sort of in this uh sort of in this third person. Format, but it's it's, it's, it's as if the, the the main character is reading like a screenplay that he's that he's written because he's a he's an aspiring film student. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a diary, you know, coming from his story, telling the perspective of him as the character. Steve Harmon is his name. Um, he's a teenager, and there's a sequence of flashbacks that kind of unpack and show the type of person that he is. And those are juxtaposed against the sort of the current day nature of the situations that he's that he's going through, you know, and not to get into too much spoiler territory. But essentially, he he is, you know, on trial for being involved in a robbery and a a murder. And so he's he's kind of seen as as an accomplice to this to this crime. And so he's trying to fight for his innocence in the situation. And so there is an interesting format to this film that I, you know, Mm -hmm. I sort of took on to like, okay this could be. If they, if they execute this well, it could be really a really sort of fascinating examination of a, of, a, of a common theme that we typically see, but just done so in a different format. But I felt like kind of halfway through, we lost a lot of that style that yeah. it started off with. And I was just like, OK, mm-hmm. this isn't really as much of a factor in the film as it was in the beginning, because the film eventually focuses more on the legal drama aspect of it, the courtroom drama aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I don't think it juggled all of these different things that it was trying to do all that well, if it did a better job at that, it could have really it could have really created something that was, I think, kind of fascinating. But mm-hmm. it kind of let all of that go after a while. Um, probably just due to the runtime. It wasn't the longest film ever. It was a little bit under two hours. Um, not necessarily saying I wanted to see more, but it may have benefited from that more. And, you know, ultimately, I think this story is kind of looking at the subjective nature, sub- subjective nature of the truth. And, you know, who, who, you know, who, who's telling the truth? How is the truth perceived? Does it really matter at the end of the day, especially when you're talking about, you know, a young black teenager, um, the dehumanization, you know, of, of, of black youth, peer pressure, like all of these things come into play throughout the story. Mm-hmm. So it's taking a swing at, again, some things that I think a lot of us can relate to, unfortunately, it just doesn't execute them in the most intriguing ways throughout the story. So yeah, Agreed. it was it was it was it was some missed opportunities for sure. Could have been done better. I would have liked to see it probably in the hands of a different filmmaker who may have been mm-hmm. able to bring it to life in a in a more dynamic way. Mm-hmm. But you know there were some there were some solid performances as you, as you already mentioned. Uh, I just don't think that I don't think that those solid performances really could do much for a mediocre script just to be honest like it was yeah. mediocre at a lot of the time like the script mm-hmm. wasn't all that all that complex it wasn't really it was mm-hmm. it wasn't really the most interesting thing that you could you know I guess put on paper so even those really fine performances couldn't do all that much for it so it's an average film you know yeah. it's it's something that Probably will end up being somewhat forgettable, unfortunately, because I think it mm-hmm. is trying to tackle some, some obviously some relevant themes. But as you mentioned, man, we're so we're so saturated with a lot of these concepts that it's just becoming harder and harder to say anything new that mm-hmm. people will actually care about. At the end of the day, it's like, what are you telling me that's going to be new and different? Exactly. Than what we've seen, especially when you're dealing with trauma such as mm-hmm. this. You know, th- this is real shit. So probably could have done without it wasn't horrible by any means but as a film okay as a as a new story that we're that we're taking a look into i'm I'm a little bit more disappointed from that perspective right so Mm -hmm. yeah i you know i guess i guess that's kind of the the the, the last thought on it but uh, you know ultimately i don't know if anthony mandler is doing more movies he hasn't done anything since this maybe he's working on something else right now I'm not sure Um he could have an interesting career ahead of him and then you know the other people involved like we know Kelvin Harrison is working and doing a lot of different interesting roles mm-hmm. and he's doing some some good work and I think even all the other people part of this obviously John David Washington is becoming a pretty yep. big star in Hollywood as well and him and Kelvin you know I pointed this out on Twitter like they were in two films together in 2018 and the other film Monsters of Men is dealing with also very similar shit like it is. It's it's you know it, it's 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 on the on the other side of the spectrum. It's it's more so it's talking about you know it is it is definitely a better film. Monsters and Men is <laughs> a much better watch if you if you want to take a look at some something. But um, that's you know that's more so dealing with like police brutality and you know black people that become policemen and police women and mm-hmm. how they're perceived and their their roles as a part of like authority you know across the country stuff like that. But yeah this wasn't the greatest thing ever it was just okay for the most part i agree with you so for sure that's it y'all those are our thoughts on monster if you watched it with us on friday or if you plan to check it out on netflix just hit us up and let us know what you think we can have a conversation about it let's go ahead and shift gears to some other you know things that came out uh i saw a couple of things that i just wanted to quickly talk about first up want to discuss guy ritchie's latest film wrath of man
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new addition. H. Portico Security specialize in
0: cash trucks across L.A.
1: Do you have any idea how dangerous this job can be? Some idea, yeah. We ain't the predators. We're the prey. You ready? Ready. This is your temporary sidearm.
0: What happens if we're pulling pistols in a machine gun fight? Do you have a problem? I don't know. Do I? It's a 10 grand drop. You should have been back five minutes ago. They're serious! Leave this to me. Get in the truck next time! Sorry, pal.
1: Cop, what is he? A while back, we lost two guards for civilian tilt.
0: There was an investigation.
1: And we still haven't found the scum who did it. You were in an accident. My son.
0: He didn't make it. I need to know who killed my son. The
1: tree has been shook, and it's been shook hard
0: you have scorched earth. Always be a good boy. You started by saying you'd do anything. But what I'm hearing is, you think you've done everything. I can see it's going to be a long night. It's got to be an inside job. I can do it in two weeks. You only wish you could do it in 20 years. Dude, Barry Now, this film again is directed by Guy Ritchie. It's written by Nicholas Boucrieff and Eric Besnard, and it's starring Jason Statham, Holt, Holt McCallany, Jeffrey Donovan, Josh Hartnett, Chris Riley, Laz Alonzo, Raul Castillo, Deobia O'Pari, Eddie Marsan, and Scott Eastwood. Um, so, this movie was. Not on my radar at all I, I I had no idea that this was coming out I mm-hmm. I think I literally saw the trailer like the night before that I saw it uh, because I, I don't know I don't know how the marketing was for this I guess they just didn't put that much money into the marketing campaign mm-hmm. but it literally came out of nowhere I'm like Jason Statham has a new movie which I'm a I'm a pretty you know decent Jason Statham fan I, I want to see what yeah. he's in um mm-hmm. and then also to see the guy Richie you know was behind it I'm like okay yeah this this could be good um I gotta say I I really, really like this movie a lot, a mm-hmm. whole lot, much more than I thought I would. And I was a little hesitant going into it because Guy Ritchie as a director has such a weird career. Like he he has a very distinctive style to his movies. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever seen Locked Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, if you've ever seen Snatch, like he has this very distinct tonal style. Yeah. He has a specific color palette that he likes to use. That's even true. the even even the writing, you know, it's very um I mean, for lack of a better term, his characters are verbally abusive. Like they call each other all sorts of shit. He obviously casts <laughs> a lot of like British actors cuz he is himself um, you know, British and so very distinctive style but he also his career is just taken some 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 pretty wild turns cuz he'll go and direct huge blockbusters like Sherlock Holmes you know and be mm-hmm. behind that franchise and then just a couple of years ago did Aladdin which was surprisingly mm-hmm. really good and then he'll come back and do a smaller scale film like The Gentleman. Now I wasn't the hugest fan of The Gentleman because it kind of reflected that earlier style from his you know his first few films which sometimes yeah. works for me sometimes doesn't. This movie however Wrath of Man completely unexpected because it does not really carry any of that signature guy richie style like it's it's a lot slower it's a lot more methodical than anything he's really ever done that might not work for a lot of people but for me i really took hold to it it was it was fascinating to watch that it wasn't this typical experience i would associate with him as a filmmaker and it's part revenge story part heist film you know part action thriller like it has all these elements of films that I really enjoy, like basically mm-hmm. my favorite genre of film, and I just thought that it was overall just it was just a great experience. It was a great ride. It was a a, a nice welcomed action thriller in a movie theater that we just don't really see anymore that mid-budget mm-hmm. low-budget type of film that we just don't get all that much anymore because studios don't yeah. want to make them you know because they don't mm-hmm. make that much money mm-hmm. but it was a really great experience the cast was also a pleasant surprise to see some of the people here like josh hartnett i can't remember the last time i seen him in a movie it's been a long time yeah. since i've seen him do anything um eddie marsana he's a frequent collaborator of, of guy Ritchie. um scott eastwood looks just like his daddy is ridiculous um Um, so there was some 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 good stuff here the action was really really good there wasn't too much of it to make it cartoonish it was actually pretty pretty grounded realistic action and even jason statham's character i mean we we know jason statham at this point he's the role i mean he he he, he plays the same character every time Mm -hmm. he's this this the stoic badass he can whip anybody's ass he'll get out of any situation because he's just he knows how to use his hands he knows how to use weapons That's somewhat the case here, but it's not to the it's not to the degree of past efforts. Like he's not he's not Deckard Shaw in this movie. It's actually it's actually a more vulnerable Jason Statham, I and mean, there's multiple reasons for that. But you actually believe that he's in danger at several points throughout the movie, which I really appreciated because he didn't come off as like this indestructible mm-hmm. human that he typically does. So, yeah, man. Overall, I I really liked it. I really encourage people to go see it. Um, it's violent, and the violence is like good violence. It's not like gratuitous, over the top. Like it's actually again, it's realistic, grounded action and violence. And the story was compelling enough. It's not the greatest. You know, story ever, but it does what it needs to do for this type mm-hmm. of for this type of film. So, I liked it a lot. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this movie because I again I was a bit hesitant going in because Guy Ritchie sometimes he'd be hit or miss for me, but this was this was a good one. This was hmm. a good one. I was excited. I it. so.
1: How was uh How long is Post Malone in the movie?
0: <laughs> Post Malone, <laughs> yes he he is in this movie. And and if if, if I do say one thing, that was a. I, I gotta admit, like not only did the Jason Statham and and you know it being a Guy Richie movie catch my eye, but when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, wait a second, hold on, mm-hmm. Post Malone is in yeah. this. Just the just the thought that he might get his ass whooped or he might get killed in the movie <laughs> that also motivated me to go see it. Um, I will say this without spoilers: he's not in the movie for long, but for okay. the time that he's in the movie, it's pretty satisfying. If you're a uh, if you're not the hugest Post Malone fan, it's pretty satisfying, <laughs> and I'm not the hugest Post Malone mm-hmm. fan by any stretch, so I was I was pretty happy with how his character turned out, so mm. yeah, it's a good time, it's a good time. It, it'll probably, honestly, it'll probably be available on VOD really soon here, because mm-hmm. it made a decent amount over the weekend, I think like $8 million, which yep. for how much it cost, it wasn't, that's not a flop, but it's not gonna you know sit here and make a hundred million dollars, so it'll probably be available for VOD soon um, if yeah. people eventually want to see it. But I I definitely recommend it. It's a good time.
1: I read that actually, Wrath right of Man at this point is uh, it actually is the reason that Demon Slayer isn't number one anymore. Oh Crazy. wow! Yeah.
0: Interesting. I I wouldn't have. I don't guess. know if I would have. I wouldn't have uh, yeah. picked this uh, a similar audience uh, for those two.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's just the people who seen Demon Slayer have seen it. I think that's just what it is, and so it yeah. just traffic died down so much that I think Wrath of Man just it just topped it finally. You just know, it was up. it was a top dog for a while. So
0: yeah, that's a yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people did. They they saw Demon Slayer as soon as it was.
1: As soon as it was out, because I mean it's mm-hmm. been out
0: in what Japan for a minute like
1: October something ridiculous yeah (laughs)
0: yeah so folks were yeah you're right I think folks were ready to see that and so this one just kind of snuck in and and took a little bit of that money but reasonably so I definitely encourage people to go check this out um, whether it be in a movie theater it's a great experience in a movie theater I would say um, but also if you just decide to wait still a good time Um, great Mm -hmm. great movie cool let's go ahead and transition to another thing that I watched this was actually a streaming show on Netflix Jupiter's Legacy. Don't you remember the island? And what we had to do to earn these powers.
1: 90 years. 90 years, and what do we have to show for it? We've made a different show. dad liked when he was younger nothing ever rattled a bastard the man I knew was never at home when I was a kid too busy saving the world Brandon Chloe everything you do is a reflection on this family you have to be the ideal no one and live up to the ideal. Not even die. They're not even close to being ready. And I'm doing everything I can to keep this family from falling apart.
0: Well, it's not working.
1: Used to be, did you protect your country? They call you a hero. The world is changing, so I guess we're gonna have to change with it. I don't know whether I can do this anymore.
0: You do the right thing, somebody dies. Do the wrong thing, somebody dies.
1: So, what would you do if you were the one calling the shots?
0: And Now, this is based on this comic book of the same name, which was uh, created by Mark Miller from Image Comics. And Mm -hmm. for the show, Steven S. DeKnight is the showrunner and is starring Josh Jumel, Ben Daniels, Leslie Bibb, Andrew Horton, Elena Campouris, Mike Wade, and Matt Lanter. So... This show was also something else that wasn't 100% on my radar like a long time ago I saw the trailer 2 days before it came out and I was like okay yeah this is this is going to be the first iteration of that Mark Miller contract with Netflix that I know we heard about you know a couple years ago like he he signed this big deal with Netflix to bring all of his comics to the streaming service to start to make film and television series adaptations if you don't know Mark Miller he's most famous for Kick-Ass and Kingsman like those are his Mm -hmm. two most notable Mm -hmm. comic books that he created that ultimately turned into films Kick-Ass obviously did really really well had a had a huge cult following and you know spawned two movies kingsman actually came out and became a, a pretty big phenomenon made a ton of money they did a sequel and we know that you know there's more kingsman films coming over these next few years and so now you know his legacy is sort of transitioning into the netflix realm and creating content exclusively for the streaming platform and so jupiter's legacy Want to check it out and just see how it is this is a television series it's eight episodes um essentially this is a story about generations it's it's a it's a generational story about superheroes i know mark Miller when he went out and created this comic book he set out to tell the greatest superhero story that's ever been told which is a that's a pretty lofty goal but he used to write for marvel and dc and then he realized he you know he wanted to eventually leave and start to create his own comic books and create his own characters so that he can kind of be in control of his own destiny and fate which mm-hmm. is very understandable um I, I even read an article that stan lee told him like yeah you need to leave marvel at some point like if you want If you want money out of this, you got to leave because you're not going to make the money that you would hope to make by continuing to work for them. Mm -hmm. So... He created this whole universe of characters, and Jupiter's Legacy is a part of that. But this is like a generational story. It's talking about the first superheroes that ever existed. They were created back in the 1920s, around the air, you know, the time of the Great Depression, right when that was starting to to really take hold of the country. But it's also looking at the present day um, sort of story of these same characters, but also their children. So that's what I mean when I say it's a generational story. Um, the the team that's a part of this, which resembles the Justice League, they're called the Union Union of Justice, um, and their mm. main hero utopia he resembles superman um, and that's played by josh jumel so that's kind of a bit of a premise you know i don't want to get too much into you know what it's about but overall this show it it, it's it's all right it's all right and and i say that because we live in such crowded times right now Mm -hmm. with all these superhero things that we see man we've talked about it on the show just with the amounts of television that we're getting now the falcon yeah. and the winter soldier WandaVision, invincible the boys yeah. not mm-hmm. to mention all the stuff that comes on the cw like the flash and legends of tomorrow yep. and supergirl all the just original things that come out of nowhere watchmen right mm-hmm. like it's just such mm-hmm. a crowded space now for television on top of the movies that we already go to see that mm-hmm. come out it seems like every month at this point it's really hard to do something that's going to grab people's attention and so yeah. i think that from that perspective this show doesn't you know we just talked about this with the other movie we talked about the show doesn't add all that much new to the genre although there are some things that work really really well for me and the things that work really really well for me are Again sort of that generational look at these characters like we're, we're getting a look at the Union of Justice as they were formed in the 1920s but we also get to see them present day because their lives are they live for a really long time so we get to see them at two different stages of their lives. And the part that was most interesting to me was to see how that team was formed and how they got their powers because it almost felt like an Indiana Jones adventure type of story because they were Mm. going across the world to find these, you know, to find this secret and, and to really sort of unpack what this mystery was. The modern day stuff, looking at their children, the focus was more on their children. And how the children are starting to assume their powers and come into their own, a part of this union of justice, Mm -hmm. wasn't as interesting to me because I didn't really care about those characters. Um, There's one character in particular. She's the daughter of Utopia. She's fucked up. Like, she does (laughs) lots of cocaine. She's really off the wall. She parties. She drinks. Like, she just just don't got her life together. But I didn't care about her all that much because she was... She was a bit of an asshole, but there wasn't really anything likable about her. And so it was just like, why do I care about her character, right? So, um, the new generation just didn't do it all that much for me. Mm-hmm. All that said, though, it's not terrible. Like, it, it is, it's, it's an okay watch. And again, it's eight episodes. Each episode, most of them run about like 45 minutes, but there's a couple that only run like 35. So it was a mm-hmm. relatively quick watch. Um, the things that don't work, though, I talked about the daughter. The costumes are not the greatest. They actually Uh-oh. look pretty. They look pretty bad. Um, and oh, I know they man. were. I know they were staying faithful to the actual comic book, you know, adaptations, which is kind of the thing to do now. But you still have to adapt it to a certain extent to yeah. make it work. We've talked about that, you know, on the show how certain things just don't translate in real life, and you have to make adjustments. Um, but they they just stuck faithfully to the costumes and how they look in the comics, and it just doesn't work. Like Utopia, mm-hmm. Josh Duhamel's character. His costume is almost all white and white is just not it's not a flattering color, you know, especially if you have an abundance of it on your body. So that didn't really work. Uh, Some of the writing is not that great. Some of the effects aren't that great. Like this Hmm. isn't to the level. This isn't to the production level of a Disney plus like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. It's not like a CW show. It's in Mm -hmm. between that, you know. But again, for like a superhero show, you have to you got to really invest in this. Right. Um, Especially if you want people to buy into it. Almost, almost like was like Umbrella
1: Academy, it needs to be. It needs to be. It needs to
0: be Umbrella Academy. But Umbrella Academy, it's on the in between, but it's it's closer to the, Falcon and Winter the Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's I more see. on that theatrical. Like, okay, it looks like they put money into the show. Mm-hmm, Even the, mm-hmm. I think the Boys is also similar in that in that regard. Mm. I see this show this show is like a step below it's like oh, that looks that looks okay that doesn't look that good, but this looks really good so it just depends um and then lastly like there there actually is some good action um the opening episode there is a final action sequence like the superheroes are in action it was it was pretty mm. good you know and I was okay. like, okay, they're not wasting any time, but then it gets slow for a long time too it's like some mm. stuff again you don't care about the pacing of it so you know I I say all that to say just you know sort of in closing like it's it's an okay show I low-key thought it was going to be a train wreck I did not think that this like when I saw Mm -hmm. the trailer I'm like this isn't going to be good this is probably going to be trash it wasn't trash it wasn't trash by any means it was actually a decent watch I didn't regret watching it because it was Mm -hmm. somewhat short and it didn't take me that long Um, and there's potential here but I think to the show's detriment they they took a little bit too much time trying to set up the future because they know that they're going to do more than one season. This mm. is something that could probably go four or five seasons. I think that they took too much time trying to set up the future while instead they should have probably just focused on making this season as good as it could be. Add in as much as you can and really make it great and get people to get excited about this and really buy into it and then yeah. you know figure out what you want to do with the future. Instead of doing so much setup work, because there was a lot of leg work that they did for the setup. But I don't, you know, I could be wrong. That might pay off, you know, if, if, if season uh-huh. two comes out and it's like, oh, all of that connects and it all makes sense. And I could be I could be very wrong. So we'll, we'll just have to see. But overall, it's a decent watch. Um, if you don't have anything to watch and you're looking for like a new superhero show, then I would say, why not check it out? Hmm. If your schedule's crowded and you got plenty to watch, then you can you can skip it. You you, <laughs> you can skip, skip it. it and just be like, ah, ah, I don't need to see that. And maybe when season two come out, if if season two is like significantly better, then just binge the whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the the I guess the approach that I would take with this show. So it was all right.
1: I'm interested where image what image comments got going on, man. Um, because I, I don't I'm know. Just, I'm just surprised they picked that property, right? Like, why Jupiter's Legacy? I mean, of course. You have the greatest of all time, The Walking Dead. It, it's just, I don't think image comics will ever pass Walking Dead, no matter what we do. Um, and then we, we have freaking Invincible right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, one of the greatest image comics is actually coming to Amazon soon, too. Paper Girls, um, which oh is yeah. known to be a very great uh, image comic. But say you've mapped out the top ten, right? Jupiter's Legacy is not going to be an image comics top ten. Invincible and Walking Dead and Paper Girl is going to be in the top ten. So I'm like right. really curious you know like why Jupiter's Lexus? Like why is that the green light? Versus um uh, another one of their like I literally have a couple literally around my room. One of the biggest uh, comics right now for them too is The Wicked and Divine. Mm-hmm. And why not do that yeah i don't know i just i'm just trying to understand the psyche to like hey guys let's do jupiter's legacy that like a lot of people don't know about yet but trust me a lot of comic nerds if you said wicked and divine right now they would flip their shit um (laughs) so uh yeah it it just maybe is it because it's smaller that that was a good idea for them or i don't know
0: yeah perhaps you know i don't know i I don't know um and maybe you know this i don't i I think if I were to make an assumption about it is because of like the direct connection to Mark Miller is like being Mm -hmm. the creator behind the comic. I don't know how Mm -hmm. involved he is with like some of those other, those other runs, but I think that they're trying to make some sort of interconnected something here. Um, Mm, Okay. Which could, you know, could potentially pay off into, into something down the future. But you know, uh, Maybe just from like a, a a business standpoint, maybe they wanted to start off with a team like that was that was mm-hmm. kind of like where they wanted to begin like because team ups are so popular now, Avengers, yeah. Justice League, all this stuff that we see with these team ups that's mm-hmm. kind of the the bread and butter of the genre at this point. maybe that's what they wanted to sort of start off with instead of a, a little bit of a more focused, you know, Study on a couple of characters, you know, Um, but I'm not sure, you know, it it is an interesting show to lead off with because it does. I think it does require some not some knowledge of the comic, but I think it's uh, I think it's kind of important to know the context of the story coming into it and the fact that it is a generational story and the fact that I think it did. It, it ran a, a pretty decent amount of time. So the fact that there was a lot of setup here, you would have to know mm-hmm. that things will pay off. You know, so I think you have to take some 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 creative leaps to really buy into it. Whereas they might have been better served with a different, more popular property. Cause like, you know, to your point, Jupiter's legacy is not the hottest thing in the world. So right. um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure they have some sort of strategy. In fact, now that I think about it that just reminded me. I think that they had another show that they were planning to a film that was going to come out first, but the pandemic uh, stopped them short because um, apparently this this was already filmed and locked before the pandemic, and they only mm-hmm. had to do a few reshoots. So I think it might have just been a like this was just more ready to go. Same thing with what happened with Marvel. We yeah. were supposed to get Falcon and Winter Soldier first, but we got WandaVision first. So it might have just mm-hmm. been a just by circumstance that, that we ended up with this instead of something else. Okay. I so. see. Yeah, Um, but if you checked out Jupiter's Legacy, feel free to hit us up and let us know what you think. Let's go ahead and shift gears and talk about the news of the week, man. So a few things that just came out, some trailers, again, Summer movie season is nearly in full swing here. It's actually a really exciting time. Studios feel confident enough to go ahead and release trailers and give us first looks at things, and I'm excited about that. So let's go ahead and kick it off with Venom, Let There Be Carnage. We've got our first trailer for this movie. Uh, As with many things, it was supposed to come out last year but got pushed back. However, it will be coming out this year, only in theaters September 24th now. Mm -hmm. Venom Let There Be Carnage is the sequel to the 2018 film that came out and, I mean, shocked the world, made over 800, made over 850 million worldwide, which I don't think anybody on this earth would have predicted um, because it got hammered by critics before it came out, but people people loved the movie. It came out and did Mm -hmm. really, really well, made tons of money, so rightfully so. Sony's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make a million of these, and this is the next iteration and we know that Cletus Cassidy himself, a.k.a. Carnage, is going to be the primary villain, the, the yep. main antagonist here, played by the great Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we we finally got our first look at this film, our first trailer. What did you think about our first images of Venom, Let There Be Carnage?
1: First and foremost, I cannot wait for Woody Harrelson to have all the fun as Carnage, dude. I, I just know... That he's gonna have a shit ton of fun. Like we're just gonna be watching Woody Harrels. That's what I'm going for. I just <laughs> wanna watch him as Carnage. I just know that's gonna be my favorite part of the movie. Uh, you know, rightfully so. Um, I think this is a it's, it's a cool trailer, man. It's fun. It knows what it is. That's what's making this great. Venom is understanding exactly what it's here for. It it's under it's it's looking at those numbers. Cause Venom. It's, it's, it's not my favorite movie it's cool you know it's not my favorite movie in the world it's, it it can be fun to watch right. you know there's some there's, there's some misses but there's also some hits in it too and i think they're understanding why it's a hit like i think they're getting what the box office was for they're like people just love these comic book characters and they also love ridiculous shit and we've seen some ridiculous shit in the first venom we're going to do more of that <laughs> and they're doing it and that's what this trailer is it's them showing us that they're doing it um Eddie Brock is depicted as I mean a, an anti-hero right like he's not a villain at all my man's is still going to the market uh it, it it's a good, it's it's fun. this niggas making breakfast at the beginning, whatever that's about. Uh,
0: bro, that was like, so funny. The fucking <laughs> breakfast scene, like Venom, is legit out here making waffles and French toast <laughs> and omelets and shit in the kitchen. Like, what is going on here? Hey, dude is hilarious, bro. He goes, "Yum!" After he throws <laughs> it at his face, I'm like, "This is
1: this is great." Like, uh, it's it's a lot of comedy in this man. It's um, it low key feels in a way. I know it's like really disconnected, but in a way it it, it has a Deadpool feel to it, right? It's an anti hero yes. and there's a lot of fucking comedy. And that's that's what it is. It's a bunch of fun. Um of course, Deadpool movies are just also good too. They got like story and plot and shit. And they just <laughs> whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but but this 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 is a, a definitely a fun trailer, man. I really can't wait to watch this. I think September's a great time too. The original Venom came out early October, right? Yeah. Um and so I I I welcome it with open arms. I think we're gonna again I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have something on our hands, man. If they can keep this up and I and if this movie is as bad shit as I think it's gonna be, and Woody Harrelson and the it looks good too. You talk visually, like it just they're it doing does. it. It looks yeah. good. They put the money into it. Uh, the design is really good because behind CGI is also good design too. A lot of people don't think about that. Like you gotta, they the two have to meet design and CGI have to meet, and it looks like they're meeting to me because that, that look at Carnage was it. I was like, yep, let's do that. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the on the trailer, man. I, I let's go.
0: Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm completely here for it. That the first Venom film shocked me as an experience because i'm not gonna lie those initial trailers for the first venom film i'm like uh what are mm-hmm. we doing here what the what are we going for here and then you get into the movie and it's like okay mm-hmm. no this is not the english patient but this is a really fun film like it's yeah. a really it's a delightful experience and tom hardy he knows what movie he's in he he, yeah. he showed up for the role that he intended to play and he knows exactly what he's here for. And he's mm-hmm. giving you all of that comedy. He's giving you a delightful experience. Venom is likable as a character. Even even though this is, this is a symbiotic creature, alien creature that murders people and eats people whole. Yep. But it's a likable character. You actually root for Venom because, yeah, on Earth he's a fucking terrifying menace. But we found out in the mm-hmm. first movie... He's a he's lame from where he comes from on the, on the planet <laughs> full of symbiotes. He's yeah. he's an outcast. He's kind of a nerd, and people don't like him. So it's like, wow, they found they found a way to make Venom relatable. That's they crazy did. to me. That's crazy. And so with with this, you know, I mean, I gotta say, I'm also excited. Andy Circus is the director. Yes,
1: who. yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. Who better to direct this type of film than Andy Circus? Yes. Right? Like, think about think about what he did. How he trailblazed a path with. Gollum you know in mm-hmm. those Lord of the Ring movies and, and Smeagol and sort of yep. that dichotomy between those two characters and how he had to bounce off of it his own performance right like mm-hmm. he's the perfect person to make this film and you talked about Woody Harrelson I know he's going to have all the fun playing Cletus Cassidy, just a sociopath homicidal murderer who ends up as Carnage, and you know the symbiote only makes you more of yourself. It only brings out the the tendencies of you that that, that are amplified the most, and just mm-hmm. turns him up to the fucking tenth degree. So Carnage is going to be insane. And, I mean, you know, we we know in the comics like the history of Carnage. Like he was so he was so evil and he was so bad that Venom and Spider Man had to team up to defeat him. Like they yep. had to actually join up. And so it'll be really cool to see that sort of battle go on uh yeah man it just it strikes the 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 exact tone for this type of film that it needs to strike it's big dumb fun that's what we want to see out of a venom film Mm
1: -hmm. i expect
0: it to be funny and i expect it to be a good time you know i think that they i think that they have a good thing on their hands here again they're not out here trying to be some sort of profound cinematic experience this is purely a popcorn film they know that and they saw with the reaction of the first film and how well it did that audiences and you know that's what matters at the end of the day fuck what critics gotta say audiences had fun they really enjoyed it and i think that they're just gonna give us double of what we enjoyed in the first one in this one so i'm very much looking forward to it i think it's gonna Mm -hmm. be a, a really good time
1: absolutely man let's do it
0: definitely let's talk about another trailer that we just got a Quiet Place Part 2 finally also coming out. We got the final quote-unquote trailers for this film. It'll be opening only in theaters May 28th, day before my birthday. Shout out to that. Um Quiet Place Part 2 now, the, you know, the first film in this series also a breakout hit back in 2018 kind of shook things up. People were not expecting this to be as big of a hit as it turned out to be, but, you know, it definitely had something, something in the, uh, something in the, in the formula of that film. There was some secret sauce that made it successful. I think Mm -hmm. the sound design, obviously the approach to horror, um, the inclusion of a deaf character, all these different things just created this really unique experience that people hadn't experienced in a horror movie. Um, and so, you know, rightfully so John Krasinski is the director. He's coming back to make another one. They're turning this into a franchise. Um, which good move! I've, I've been waiting to see this film, obviously since last year. I was very much looking mm-hmm. forward to it. We're finally gonna get it. Um, h- one, you know, how did you feel about this trailer? And two, I know that a piece of it is gonna be sort of looking at how things ended up the way they ended up in this world, yep. like how shit got so bad. What do you think mm-hmm. we might see out of that aspect of the story?
1: Yeah, uh, I have no idea, you know. And I think that's part of the excitement for me is not knowing. Because this is just such a different world, um, you know. It could it could feel very Cloverfieldy, like these niggas just came from the sky and started mm-hmm. whooping ass. Like that just could be what that could be what happened. But I just have a feeling they'll take a different approach, right? Like they have to figure out. I want I want them to explore how the people found out that it was the sound, right? Mm-hmm. Because they they first get here, everybody's making noise, right? Like kind of kind of like in Bird Box. It's like. They had to figure out that you, your eyes need to be closed, or you know what I mean. It's like, so how do you figure out that your ears need to be off, like, you, or you know what I mean? Like, it's right. really good. Like, how do we know not to make a noise? And I think if they explore that, great. Because I just want to know how, you know. And uh, again, that not knowing feeling is amazing, um, bro. This trailer—they said we about to do some cinematography in this bitch because <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. Like, just the trailer was it. I could probably take 10 shots from this trailer and submit it to the fucking Oscars right now because it just looked mm. really good I was like are they really going this direction of it looking this like it looked really good and it surprised me because it's you know films like this you don't always think oh man cinematography but they were doing it, it they, they really were It uh, it, uh so, something we talked about recently was Loving Monsters and a lot of it actually reminded me of Loving Monsters kind of the post apocalyptic there's monsters in the world look there's a lot of foliage and greenery Right. And it, it just looked really nice, and, and I appreciate that a lot, um, seeing that from the trailer. Other than that, I was excited about Digimon Hounsou, of course, because uh, that's probably the man that's going to play me in my biopic when I'm old. <laughs> It's probably like three separate <laughs> steps, you know. I don't know the young step yet. Maybe like, yeah, the middle step might be like a Wesley, you know, and then right above. I don't know. We're, so we're, we're doing a uh,
0: we're we're doing a three stages of life like moonlight yeah, type of deal here. Exactly. The that, like, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: You know, DJ Mase is gonna be my 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 upper my upper A, <laughs> <my upper laughs> but I I, w- I was really pleasant and surprised to see him. I actually didn't know he had got casted. Uh, it's probably something I just missed. But when I see him in the trailer, it just made me happy. I was like, I haven't, you know, we've been seeing him in, like, Marvel content a little bit here and there. But other than that, he hasn't been super, super active. Uh, yeah. Not like he was in, in previous years. So uh, I was excited for that as well. But uh, at this point, like, again, it's close. It's just time to watch the damn movie, man. The first one was what is really great to me, like you said, between sound and the different approach to horror. I mean, the movie theater was quiet when we were watching this. Um, except I'll my boy. who. that. Except my boy, who uh, this is probably listening to this podcast, who was eating popcorn way too loud. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the whole theater was quiet. He said,
0: (sighs) oh, no, you got to tell him to take a break (laughs) during those moments, man. You can't be doing that, ruining the experience for everybody.
1: He should have known. He should have known. He knows better. Um, But uh, hopefully hopefully this is the same experience. Actually sometimes you don't ma- mind the same experience with tweak differences. And I would actually love the same thing. Like everyone at the theater just understood you should be quiet because it's mm-hmm. literally well, not only is it called a quiet place, but this movie is quite a shit. And if Very. you're going to, you're going to miss something or like some type of movement, anything. And I just hope we have that same experience. I really do. Cause it was great. It, it felt great uh, to be in a the theater and, and, and to have that not crowd participation, but the, the, the environment uh that comes with the movie it really it really gets you so uh again hopefully we get that in this movie but then clearly we see a lot of people running in this movie too so it turns up too so I, I i like the contrast so i'm excited man
0: yeah ladies and gentlemen please do not be that guy in the movie theater that makes all the noise during the parts that are clearly telling you like yeah you should probably be just <laughs> shut up right now just don't say nothing don't make a don't make a sound like that's a part of the experience so uh if you do go see this in theaters you Choose choose a good theater. Choose a good mm-hmm. theater where people are going, going to do what they need to do. But I mean, you're right. Like that first film. Listen, it was literally nominated for an Academy Award for Best Sound Ed- Editing. It yeah. was that good, right? And it made three hundred and forty one million dollars, and the budget was like twenty million. So yep. huge, huge hit. And I think that again if they if they imbue this with the same formula although bring in some new information obviously to your point how did this all happen how how did they figure out that these creatures can only hear you and they can't you know really see you um and then also i think where are things going because it you know it seems like they'll obviously continue even after this as long as this is successful um yeah give us all of that and, and you know what what i'm also expecting is that And, you know, I got to credit John Krasinski here because, you know, spoilers in the first movie, if you haven't seen it, he dies. So (laughs) he figured out a way here to reintroduce himself into the story, and it looks Mm -hmm. like it may... I could be wrong, but it looks like it may do, you know, sort of a back and forth, like an origin story of how this came yeah. to be while he was still alive, but also looking at the present day, you know, while he's obviously gone and his family has continued on and they meet these mm-hmm. new characters. And Cillian mm-hmm. Murphy is also in the movie, which I'm, I'm excited to see him. It's been a while since I've seen him in a movie because he's been doing Peaky Blinders for, you know, the past like five, six, forever. seven years. Yeah, yeah forever. Um, so I'm excited to see him back. But yeah, this... As long as they they stick to the formula of what made the film the first film yep. so successful, I they have no it. doubt that this is going to be a, a, a pleasant experience. And um, if, if you're not you know comfortable with seeing this in a movie theater, it's also going to be on Paramount Plus within 45 days after being mm-hmm. in theaters. So relatively soon,
1: yeah. if you
0: sign up to Paramount Plus, she'll be able to watch it. So definitely looking forward to a Quiet Place Part Two. Um, again, it'll Emily be out in theaters. Too. Yes, shout out to her, Emily Blunt, out here doing big things. Um, I'm also I'm I, you know. Yeah, a lot of people are fan casting for Marvel. I'm I'm just excited to see what happens with her next. Mm-hmm. Like, will yeah. she one? Will she go to another franchise? Two? Are they ever gonna do Edge of Tomorrow two? Because I've been waiting on that since 2014. It so <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. so fucking good. Do a Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, please. F- like, do it. F- find your schedules to do another one. Like, we need Edge of Tomorrow Part Two. We do. Um, or you know, is she gonna give in and? be a part of the MCU like people really want her and John hey, to be um hey,
1: it it's good casting i can't hey, i can't hold them it is they them. came up with it and i was like yeah it makes sense to me as long as she doesn't do the girl on the train <laughs> it's not a good movie it's not a
0: good movie at all uh, uh yeah don't watch it that that was that was a miss <laughs> um well you know she was i don't know how many people in it. she was supposed to be black widow you know um yep. so her being in the mcu would only be a full circle moment really but That's i'm true. excited to see what she does next but yeah shout out to her really excited for a quiet place part two again that'll be out in theaters may 28th we got another trailer for a netflix film actually coming out june 18th kevin hart's next movie fatherhood um now this trailer just came out i think like right before this you know we, we started recording this show um this is a this is a story about, you know, a father, single parent and and his daughter it appears and Kevin Hart's taking a somewhat of a bit different turn here it's not a full-on comedic performance from him there's actually some drama here so I you know I, I, I guess I could categorize it as a comedy drama mm-hmm. um, but it looks like we'll get a little bit of a different side of him in this movie than what we're used to seeing um, also has some good supporting characters in this film as well Lil Rel Howery is going to be in it he's in everything at this point um, but yeah Fatherhood it actually looks like it'll be a, a, a decent film like I, yeah, I could does. see I'm 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 a little I'm a little jaded on Kevin Hart at this point, just because of, you know, we've seen a lot of him, a, a mm-hmm. whole lot of him. Um and I feel like Kevin Hart is typically Kevin Hart in anything yeah. that he does. Which works for his career, you know, mm-hmm. not always works as a viewer, but this seems like it's gonna it, it seems like he's trying here. It actually seems mm-hmm. like he's trying, which actually has me excited to try to check it out and see see what this mm-hmm. looks like. What did you think about this trailer?
1: Man, uh it's instantly we can tell it's gonna be a tearjerker. It's like Hair love personified, low key. I was like, "Damn, is this hair love we're watching?" Mm -hmm. Um, But the real thing. I wonder how Matthew Cherry feels about this. Uh, But uh, it looks good, man. I think it's. I think it's going to be one of those surprise, surprise, um, just heartfelt, lovable movies. I really do. I think it. Hopefully, it's good enough uh, to be one of the ones we keep around. You know, maybe it turns into a accidental Christmas movie. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But you know, it just. It just looks. It looks like Kevin is going in a not necessarily a new direction because he did do the uh what's the name of the movie The Upside. Oh um, yeah, he did do that, but it, you know, it just looks like a, a a different direction for Kevin. I guess I could say Um, something where I think, like you said, he looks like he's trying, and I I appreciate that. I think he I think he's realizing that he is so saturated, which actually does speak to just Kevin Hart. Like if if we see Kevin Hart all the time, that mean, clearly means he's killing it. In right. some ways, too much, <laughs> right? Like, damn, maybe he's doing too good. Because low key, that's what it feels like. It's so, like, all right, mm-hmm. dude, I think we're tired of you. Um, but I, I, I think maybe he'll give us, you know, some new tones and some new, some new things to work with from him. Because maybe we get something like this again later down the line too. A lot of comedians' best movies are their serious roles. We've seen that, whether it's Adam Sandler and Funny People. Funny People is a good movie. It's called Funny People, and that shit is not funny, right? Um, and you know, Uncut Gems and things like that. So hopefully, hopefully, this is one of those for Kevin. Um, and I'm happy. I'm happy to watch it, man. We'll see. We'll see what's going on.
0: Yeah. That you know, you bring up an interesting idea that that's been I think a constant thing in the history of Hollywood for a long time. Like every great comedian I think they reach this point where they have to sort of reckon with themselves like, Okay, I've mastered the comedy. I am the I'm the king of comedy, I'm the funniest person alive, I Mm -hmm. I, I bring in the most money at the box office, I'm the most popular comedy touring act, whatever the case may be. And then they I think they have to reckon with themselves like, okay, but will I decide to flex my muscles and go into a different avenue that's a little bit unexpected and try some mm-hmm. more dramatic, serious things? You talked about Adam Sandler and Funny People, even, you know, uh, Punch Drunk Love before that, you know, was a oh, man. crazy yeah. different role for him. I think mm-hmm. about Robin Williams. You know, he he had a lot of that experience where, you know, we, we grew up, grew up with Robin Williams, I mean not my generation but like prior generations yeah. grew up with him. He was on mm-hmm. Mork and Mendy, you know, he was yeah. he was doing like really comedic stuff and he did that in, in the movies but then he started to do more serious stuff. Dead mm-hmm. Poets Society and yeah. um, Goodwill Hunting Will and Hunting. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think even I'm thinking about even like what's that going to look like? Although, you know, she she does a she. I mean, she's been blending it really ever since we've seen her. I, I was gonna say Issa Rae, but she she she's always blended comedy oh, yeah. and drama. Oh yeah, that's she's actually it. yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually that's actually what really sets her apart from that's a lot thing. of other yeah, yeah from a lot of other comedians, which is I think a really smart play for the long term. But yeah, mm-hmm. all that said, Kevin Hart here. I'm interested to see what he turns in for this performance, and I'm also. I just wanna see I wanna see the relationship between a black father and a black daughter on screen. Yep. You know in Simple a Simple as that. Dark skin yeah. too.
1: Simple as right.
0: that. Right. Exactly. That's something we don't get every day. So let's check that out. So I'm I'm gonna check it out and hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good watch and a good experience. So mm-hmm. definitely stay on the lookout for fatherhood. Coming to Netflix June eighteenth. Knives Out, the sequel, as we've talked about on the show, is coming. The $400 million movie is coming, and Dave Bautista has joined the cast. He'll be joining Daniel Craig. Um, they'll be reteaming. They they were both in the most recent 007 movie, Spectre, and mm-hmm. it didn't end well for Dave Bautista in that movie. So <laughs> It did not. Maybe he's coming back for revenge here, but, yeah, he's joining the cast. Um, Big Dave, man, making moves. Yep. I You know, I always appreciate seeing – our favorite WWE wrestlers just doing big stuff. It's always, it's always a pleasure for me to see it. Like how successful they're actually doing it. Obviously Mm -hmm. we know the rock is the, 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 the king of Hollywood, the king of the box office. He's the most successful crossover Mm -hmm. superstar in, in the company's history. But you know, Hey, both Batista and John Cena, they're doing some really smart stuff now to potentially be in that position in 15, 20 years, maybe even less. Um, Mm -hmm. Dave is picking some he's picking some good roles. I, I you know, I think we've talked about it a little bit like the stuff he did with Blade Runner, he's going to be in Dune. Now he's yeah, a part he's, of this. He has Army, Army of the Army Dead of the coming Dead. out. Yep. Um he was the breakout obviously in Guardians of the Galaxy, that's what made him, you know, super famous in Hollywood to begin with. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. he's doing some smart stuff here. So I'm I'm excited to see what he potentially brings to the cast and I, you know, this doesn't tell us anything about the story, but it just makes me more curious as to what mm-hmm. the angle's gonna be. And we've, we've yeah. speculated about it on the show. What type of family is Daniel Craig's character gonna <laughs> come across in this movie? Who, who, right. who, who are the who? Who's the subject of it, right? Like, is mm-hmm. it a family? Is it a group of people? What is it? So, uh, Batista, Batista being a part of it is is a pretty exciting prospect, to say the least.
1: No, this man is. May I've, does he have an agent, or is he getting calls? Because he is picking them, right? Like, he's not in just these movies. I mean, Dave Bautista, he's literally picking really big properties. You hear everything you just said between 2049 and Dune and, uh, of course, 007 and Guardians. These are all really big studios and movies. And here yeah. we are. I. I'm really. I'm just interested in what he got going on. Like, who is doing this? Are they calling you, or is your agent calling it? I just need to know because yeah. that is he's really knocking it out of the park. I, uh, yeah, we need to figure that out. But yeah, uh, who knows what's gonna happen? I, I'm curious too what his character will be because we know Batista can be funny now. Like we know he has yeah. comedy in him, and we know Knives Out has a little bit of comedy in there too. So I, I wonder if he'll pick the funny side, or will he? Will he go? I don't know, full Blade Runner, right? Like, will he be super sure. serious? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But it's just really cool to hear him um, in a movie like this. Man, he's killing it.
0: That's also a really great thing about Batista that he's been he's been able to play both of those sides. Like, he can he can be the the comedic act in a film and sort of steal the show, but he can also still play the heavy because he's mm-hmm. big as hell, intimidating, a physical presence like will kill yeah. you if need be. So mm-hmm. um, he he kind of. He he kinda played both roles in Stuber, you know, with uh Oh true Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see what uh what approach he takes here and what character he'll he'll be playing. But yeah, we'll be on the lookout. Nine's out sequel. That's also coming to Netflix again. Bank is being made for those films. I mean, Daniel Craig and um um Ryan Johnson are just Jesus, rich as hell from this franchise. But we'll we'll see what it looks like. Dragon Ball Super officially has a new movie coming out in twenty twenty two. Oh man, I can't wait! Bring Ooh, it on, boy. bring it on. We, we that we we don't have a we don't have a clue what it's about. We don't have a clue, a clue who the villain is gonna be, who's gonna be in it. But who gives a shit? It's Dragon Ball. Come on, like yep. and we've we've waxed poetic about Dragon Ball Super Broly on this show and that movie, and how yeah we watched that crazy. together, and it was yeah. just like, what it's is crazy. going on? It's such a crazy mm-hmm. movie, so I I can't wait. I, you know, that's really all that could be said about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to where they go with it.
1: Yeah, uh again, you, you said it all, man. Not a clue. But we're here for it. We somebody gonna go Ultra Instinct. I, I need it to be Vegeta this time. You gotta be Vegeta. It's man his time. I bro, I get Goku I get it. Goku's the, the protagonist. I get it. He gets everything first. But Vegeta always gets always gets this little shorter than stick. It's like why? Why? He's right here too. They're a he duo. Is. They're a duo. Especially it. at this point, right? Like yes, it's like they're a duo.
0: I think I think that worked during Z for a long time because they were still sort of antagonistic towards each other. But at this point, they're literally partners. Like they are oh, a yeah. duo.
1: Yeah, and they're related, you know. And and sometimes it's hard. We don't look at it like that, but they're hella related. That's <laughs> they're very true. Like yeah. actual cousins in this bitch. Loki yeah. turned brothers at this point. Right. Um So they they is it, hopefully they maybe they play on that, you know? Maybe they do, but. Uh, I'm excited, nonetheless, man. Let's br- bring it on.
0: Yeah, I'm not all that surprised, man. They're 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 capitalizing on the s- success of that first movie, as we've talked about on this show. Especially mm-hmm. from your standpoint, these film these films sort of an- adaptations of these anime series are just they're doing better than they've ever done. So why not yep. make another one? So we'll Do check it. it out. In other news. A new nine-part original docu-series chronicling the past four decades of the Los Angeles Lakers franchise is coming to Hulu in 2022. Yep. Um, wow. This is this is pretty pretty impressive. Pretty big news. I, you know. I, I, I suppose. Hey, the Last Dance was just a huge success, so this it seems is like good. this. it's so good i might have to watch
1: it again soon bro that shit is just good
0: it's been about a year i think it's about time for a rewatch for the last dance for sure Mm -hmm. uh finals coming up real soon playoffs or you know all of that so hey they're capitalizing on it we're in a new era of like sports documentaries at this point obviously 30 for 30 for the past you know 10 plus years has been making incredible headway hbo documentary sports have always been a staple in the genre Mm -hmm. but Hulu is now entering the fray. Um, Disney-owned Hulu and making this nine-part documentary about the Lakers. So I think nine parts, obviously they're going to capture quite a lot um, and they're looking to have... The, the the interviews and opinions from you know some of the most famous Lakers such as Shaquille O'Neal and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and obviously mm-hmm. um, you know the Bus family is going to be a part of it and Antoine Fuqua is actually a producer on mm, this as well mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. really exciting and it, it, you know it makes sense with him LA all of that yep. so um, looking forward to this I mean shit bring it on that'll that'll give us something really cool to watch and I'm I'm sure they'll probably like Hulu does with a lot of their stuff I'm sure they'll probably release it weekly so we'll have we'll have time to enjoy it over the over the course of a few weeks
1: yeah man my uh my two teams man the nba have always been lakers and lakers and heat this is what what it's always been you know sometimes they get lucky and both of them niggas in the finals and don't matter who <laughs> wins um but it, it i'm excited to watch it dude i mean because i don't care how biased you are what your team is who what other team Really legit deserves a whole nine part docu series, except the Lakers, man. I mean, right. they they just are. There's people that may be behind them, right? Pistons, Celtics, but number one on the spot is I think you can almost every time Lakers is you're gonna make a case for that number one spot. Um, for for a team to have a nine part series, so uh, I'm excited to watch it, dude. Of course, the Kobe parts will be my favorite. Uh, but it, I think if they can if they can pull off some information we've never heard or seen before they got something on their hands right uh and, and wow i think i don't know how many people are watching hulu right now it might be a decent amount but i think a lot of people will turn to hulu um to watch this series specifically sports fans i know a lot of sports people um, a lot of sports friends a lot of sports whatever reporters on twitter uh, and uh, we'll all be watching it kind of, a lot of the same way we all watch The Last Dance together. So I'm excited for that experience, too, just for everyone's eyes uh, to be on these series at the same time. So, well,
0: to, to elaborate a little bit on that point, I, I hope that they capitalize off of the really incredible marketing job that the folks at ESPN mm-hmm. did for The Last Dance. Because they created such anticipation around that. Mm-hmm. And the rollout strategy was actually just Brilliant in hindsight, how they released it early, you know, earlier yeah. than planned because people were calling for it in the pandemic and what they did. Like I'm out, I'll never forget the the little teaser, like that that LeBron like DM or text message where he mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, we need this documentary." And then ESPN was like, "Okay, we'll release it." And it was just like out. And and then even the, even the documentary itself, you know, having we'll never forget the moments watching the Last Dance every week, having the interviewees such as Michael Jordan or Scotty Pimpin mm-hmm. or Phil Jackson holding the iPad looking at the responses from the other interviews of what people said and being like yeah. oh that's that's bullshit what what did he just <laughs> say like that real time reaction and being able to mm-hmm. see that um i don't think it's the it's not the same producers behind the last last dance that'll be a part of this but i hope they're they're just really smart and strategic yeah. about how they roll this out cuz they could create some really incredible moments for us to enjoy on social mm-hmm. media like some memeable you know gifable moments just like we got from the last dance if they do it if they do it well enough
1: yeah for sure uh it's okay for them to have a little inspiration too right like it just happened i just hope they don't be like we don't want to be like them at all like no you should be like them probably a little bit like you know take take the good parts do it yeah Um, uh, because that's 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 what was good you know it's all right so i hope they go that direction
0: Absolutely. We'll be on the lookout for it again. That's coming to Hulu in 2022. And last on our items for the week, the news of the week. The Golden Globes are canceled. Uh, Mm. (laughs) This is uh, this is kind of crazy. So NBC has officially come out and stated that they will not air the award ceremony in 2022. NBC is the longtime partner to the Hollywood foreign press association to air the golden golden globes um, each and every year. Now we haven't really dived into this on the show because Mm -hmm. honestly fuck the Hollywood foreign press association. But you know, at this point I feel like we would just be bad podcasters if we didn't bring this up at least (laughs) because we, we do cover the golden globes to a certain extent, but the HFPA, they've been under a lot of controversy lately. There was a whole scathing Los Angeles Times article that came out um, right after the award ceremony this year, basically illuminating the, the, you know, two really, really big problems. One, to, I think nobody's surprised that there are no black members in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which. You don't even have to know who the fucks in the organization to know that. Like that's yeah. very clear that there are mm-hmm. not. Because uh, we talk about the the snubs every year. We talk about the, the 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 talent that they don't recognize. That's been a problem for for ages. But also two, the fact that there were, I guess you can call it gift and prize incentives for certain movies. For example, that one Netflix movie, Emily in Paris. How that got mm-hmm. nominated. Apparently, the movie's trash, and people were like, Why, the, why did this get nominated? But the, the press junket for the film was actually very generous to the people who saw it from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Like, there was mm-hmm. a whole laid out trip to Paris, and they got, you know, exclusive hotel suites and gifts and all these different things. So, it, it sort of persuaded them to consider the film for awards recognition. Um, so, a lot of this information came out from that Los Angeles Times article. And ever since then, slowly but surely, different entities and talent across Hollywood have been pulling their support. Uh, Tom Cruise, just recently, apparently he sent back three of his Golden Globe Awards. He said, get this shit out of my house. I don't want it until you get some black (laughs) members in the uh, AFPA. Scarlett Johansson has spoken out against the awards Mm -hmm. show. Amazon and Netflix and Warner media have all pulled out of support. They all pulled their support from this award show. Um, and they have cut ties basically saying we will not be participating with this organization anymore until they, they, they change. Mm -hmm. And, um, Yeah, NBC came out with a statement earlier today. They said that we continue to believe that the HFPA is committed to meaningful reform. However, change of this magnitude takes time and work and we feel strongly that the HFPA needs time to do it right. As such, NBC will not air the 2022 Golden Globes. Assuming the organization executes on its plan, we are hopeful we will be in a position to air the show in January of 2023. Um, And that plan that they speak of, um, the HFPA has decided to say that they're going to increase I think their overall membership by 50 um, Mm percent and also increased representation um, of black members and black voters and and other people of color are part of this. But it's pretty crazy. Um, You know, the Golden Globes has a reputation, obviously, and this is uh, a saying a good look for them. They are going Mm -hmm. through they are going through what the Academy Awards went through about six years ago with Oscar Mm -hmm. So White. Um, But this is even worse because their whole show is just like, yeah, no, it's not happening apparently. So any thoughts on this? Any, you know, on these developments? uh just makes sense
1: to me i guess i guess about time uh i i still feel like since it was already you know known as a quote unquote lesser show um than the oscars was it's like i guess like why didn't you do this it, it always sucks that people you just can't see what what organization is doing and then just make that decision like why didn't like you seen the oscars making changes why not just make these changes Mm-hmm. forever ago so stupid to me um but tom cruise is clearly fed up at everything these days <laughs> i mean he's yelling at niggas not wearing their masks <laughs> yeah he's, he's so angry <laughs> he's golden globes all meanwhile this nigga is jumping off a cliff on a motorcycle
0: <laughs> yo fucking, riding on fucking choo-choo <laughs> trains and mission impossible 7 like what the fuck bro like tom cruise's life he's, he's if i could up. just if I could just see a day into his life, I'd be fulfilled. Cause he—that man is interesting.
1: <laughs> he is interesting, dude. He's a—he's an actual character. Um, but other than that, man, uh, it's interesting that Scarlett says something, um, about the about the the you know sexual harassment stuff. I'm I'm curious why that's not late but responsive. You know, mm. it's mm-hmm. like oh, th- you're trying to fix everything in the Golden Globes, and Scarlett's like. But they're sexist, too. You know, I don't know why. That's, it just feels very reactionary and yeah. not proactive. I feel like she should have said that while it was happening or something. I sure. don't know. Um, but I guess, you know, at least she's saying something. I guess that's true. She couldn't say anything at all, so that's cool. Maybe she'll uh, maybe she'll stop taking roles from Asian Uh-oh. people. Uh-oh.
0: Maybe that's why she said something. No, Cause that's true. She, cause she's because she's like, she, ah, I haven't because done well with some a, of these issues
1: because she's a serious black woman. That's why she said <laughs> something. Okay, <laughs> she's putting her foot down. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but she can uh, just yeah. play anybody at this point, I guess she could just play anybody. Uh, but yeah, that. Let I guess we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'd hope it. I hope it changes their show completely. I hope it's not just that. That, but I hope they like. You know, the Gone gloves this year was actually pretty decently produced you know as we've seen I hope yeah. that I hope just everything becomes refined right not just the of course that's what we want we want the, the cultural um, uh, representation to be what it should be uh, but we all you know just let's just keep it up refine every goddamn thing if they do that I'm cool but if they just like nitpick uh, you know uh, they still I'm still side I am so uh,
0: yeah I agree I mean the fact that it got cancelled I mean the writing was probably on the, ro- the wall when you're most major studios are like, yeah, fuck y'all. We're not going to be submitting anything mm-hmm. for consideration. None of the stuff yeah. that we're putting out over the course of this year, you're going to be able to consider. So it it, it it it's all reactionary. It really is. But mm-hmm. while they're doing it, you, you really probably should just go ahead and burn the whole house down yep. to get it to where it needs to be. Exactly. So the fact that they won't air the awards show – the right thing to do because a Mm -hmm. year there i I agree with nbc a year less than a year at this point now is not enough time to fix what they need to fix i mean we we still talk about the academy now though they've been airing their show they've been making you know pretty significant changes but it's been Mm -hmm. six years it takes time to do these things and i'm you know i'm i'm actually giving the academy credit to that point Mm -hmm. that they've Done stuff right. to sustain over time. Um, the HFPA, if they want to be respected at all and not be a you know a bullshit organization that they've been for I don't know what seventy something years, then mm-hmm. they need to go ahead and you know really refine, like you said, and just change out the whole architecture of what exactly this, what this all means. So it, it will take time, um, but. Hey, that's one less thing we'll have to talk about next year, I guess. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Golden Globes in the future. And if anything comes out, we'll definitely update you all. But with that said, y'all that's it for this week's show we are officially down and out that's all this week's topics again thank y'all again as we as we do each and every week thank you for joining us for another episode of two black nerds we will be back next week and we got to talk about spiral from the book of saw the next edition oh, into yeah, the yeah, into yeah, the yeah. saw franchise we're gonna be checking that out we also will probably be talking about angelina Jolie's new movie that's coming out on hbo max those who wish me dead i'm gonna try Mm -hmm. to check that out so we can talk about it so got a got a few things coming out here that we'll definitely be able to to chat about next week so definitely be on the lookout for next week's episode and we'll see y'all next time
1: yeah man uh watch these movies y'all if you can spiral theaters i know a lot of people love Saul, so I, and this is like, in my mind, it's Black saw. It's freaking Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock
0: <laughs> That's right, <laughs> in a, in that's a, right, a, it is In a
1: Saul movie, it's like a Black yeah. saw to me um, So I hope y'all go see it man. Also Angelina Jolie is She does what she comes to do almost every time So y'all need to go ahead and check that out um, A little break from 2 Black Nerds Movie Night 2, couple weeks uh, Army of the Dead, May 21st is our next movie So um, still keep that In the back of your mind, y'all yo. With that being said, we are Audi 5000 Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds, where we're two black, two nerdy, and we out, y'all. Peace.